0: Cody, I have no idea how many episodes this is. It's thirty something. We're in our thirties. It's, like it's like a terrible sitcom that no one's going to watch. But hey, you are listening to ep- episode thirty something of the Rocktown Sports Pod. The kids tell me it is Rockingham County's only all-local sports podcast. And Cody, you know how I am. I tend to believe the kids.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and if we're talking about kids, that means we're talking about high school football. This is gonna be a short pod today. It's just me and Cody in the house, excuse me, we're talking about kids in the hizzy, uh to talk about high school football. <laughs> and Cody, I think when you're talking about kids, you gotta be talking about the kid uh over at Bridgewater. Uh, playing for Turner Ashby High School, senior running back Grant Swinehart, who, uh, well, I mean, he had, first of all, he had five Russian touchdowns, which is a pretty big deal, uh, and a win over Wilson Memorial. But I don't, want, I don't want to say more importantly, but equally as important, I think that kind of dispelled any fear that fans of the Knights and maybe, uh, you know, two slack-jawed sports writers such as you and I had about their ability to bounce back after a bye after getting their first loss of the season. I mean, how – we'll talk about Grant uh, Swinehart in a few seconds, but just in a – from a – you know, they did revert revert back to – the past two seasons that we saw from Turner Ashby, they just got right back in the win column.
1: Yeah, it looked like they didn't miss a beat. I mean, they went down there and, and hung 42 on Wilson Memorial. Um, took care of business in all, in all phases. I mean, the offense was clicking clearly. Um, that clearly has become a strength of theirs this year. Um, outside of the Stanton game, I mean, that was really their, their only time that they didn't put up more than, you know, 30, 40 points. Um, it, they've just been clicking on all phases there. Um, so I think, you know, if you're a TA fan, you've got to like what you saw there. Just to come back after that loss, Um, then you have a whole other week in between and a bye um, to come out there strong and and kind of make a statement with a blowout of Wilson. Um, I just think it's the perfect way for them to cap off uh, non-district play, and now they go back into Valley, into Valley District play with some momentum and and kind of, you know, with a little bit of their their confidence back.
0: Yeah, I, I think we... You know, and I think Chris uh third year coach Chris Fraser kind of summed it up I think a lot of people's worry after the Stanton loss uh in overtime that, you know, they, they couldn't revert back. They couldn't go back to how they were, it couldn't be the skies falling again. And when you got a running back like uh like Grant Swinehart and, and CJ Haskins in the backfield with them at quarterback I, I could see where maybe he could have feared that but it kind of seemed like if you followed this team and where they've been and where they're going and where they're at it kind of seemed like it wouldn't gonna ha- it wasn't gonna happen there wasn't going to be that fallback
1: i think that and i think that goes to all it you know that's a – because of their senior leadership. But, you know, with Grant Swinehart and C.J. Haskins and Jesse Knight and those guys, um, we've talked about them a lot this year and how much they mean to that team. You know, with those kind of guys leading the way, um, you're not going to find very many high school kids that are as – you know, well put together and, and as great of leaders as those three are and as well, well respected around their locker room. Um, you know, the past few years they've been underclassed when there's been other guys who have been seniors and maybe, you know, more in charge and more more as looked upon from the younger uh, teammates. I think with those three leading the way um, and certainly some other seniors as well, I think that's why you saw that team bounce back so well and, and not sit there and dwell on that loss and not let it just sink their season. Um, you know, they, they looked like the team that we saw the first – four or three weeks so you know I think that's exactly what you wanted to see out of them and I think that's because of the senior
0: leadership and 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 people might not think I'm being serious when I say this but but I'm being very serious is that you know I I don't think they can look past this week's game when they host Broadway I mean yeah Broadway is winless but let's be real here they had a pretty good offensive showing uh in a loss to Fort Defiance it it looks like (coughs) Maybe uh, some things might be coming together uh, for the Gobblers, uh, and, and we talked about it last week. Where you know, I don't know if they're too concerned now about. Well, yeah, they got to be concerned about getting a win, but I think I think they're more concerned about is the product on the field and if they're taking care of the ball and if they cut down on the penalties, which they appeared to have done against Fort Defiance. Yeah, it's just a good Fort Defiance team. I mean, this isn't your grandfather or your dad's Fort Defiance team. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think, in my opinion, we talked about it last week just wanting to put a, together a more clean game overall, um, less penalties, less turnovers, um, something to build on at least. And I think that's what you saw against Fort. They, they especially they late when they scored a couple of touchdowns um, on both sides of the ball. I think there, there's something there you can build on. Um, and it, on the other side of that, when you, you know you talked about Turner Ashby not looking past broadway they can't afford to do that well and yeah and i agree completely with you because when you're a two-win team for two years in a row like they've been um even sitting here at four wins now that doesn't suddenly erase everything from the past and i i think that kind of you know that's got to stay in the back of their mind in fact i think that's kind of got to kind of be their chip on the shoulder all year um even throughout the rest of district play. Is they've got to know that they're they're not a program that's had a ton of success in the past five years so they don't have that right yet to look past opponents and I mean we've seen what, what what happens when teams do um, Grant Swinehart the other day just told me he thought they did look past Stanton a little bit and they they came out of there with a loss so they they don't, haven't earned that right yet to look past people yeah, and yeah. so I think that's and, and this is a rivalry game these two schools do not like each other um, we've seen some stuff going back and forth on Twitter this week I mean they 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 didn't like each other last year um, and Broadway came in there and hung I think close to sixty on them I mean, it was a it was a blowout loss um, that was when Broadway was really clicking at the end of the year. So, you know, T.A.'s probably got that in the back of their mind. That was that was towards the end of last year in Bridgewater. Um, I was at that game. And so, you know, that there's there's not, you know, a, a ton of um, good
0: vibes between these two teams. And, and, and should be noted that with their next win, and I'm not predicting when it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen Friday. I'm not going to say it's happening two Fridays from now. But with that, with their next win, Turner Ashby has now surpassed its combined win total. From the past two seasons, they will do it in 2019 because they only won four games under the first two seasons, uh, in the first two seasons under Chris Fraser. Uh, Their next win is number five. And I think that's kind of, even with the amount of seniors he's got on that team, I think that's kind of got to erase some bad juju.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, it's something that I think, you know, coming into the year, I think they thought that they could improve off two wins a year ago. And we talked talked with them before on this podcast about even just getting the four or five wins would have just increased the exposure and the interest in that program in the school. Um, and now he would have thought that he would be sitting here and, and all, be approaching that number five mark already um, as we're, you know, right in the, mid, or in the beginning of October. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible turnaround there. And I think, you know, I don't even know if they could have said that they
0: expected all of this. Uh, it should be noted, and as a, as a lifelong Bears fan, I will note this, Cody, is that uh, <laughs> uh, we, we heard it on uh, the WHSV uh uh, touchdown, whatever they, what they call it, end zone. End, zone. end zone, I'm sorry, TJ, if I got it wrong, uh, that uh, Grant Swinehart's favorite NFL player, Walter Payton. Yes. Yeah, so- How many high school kids, he's a senior, so what, he's 17, 18? Okay, his favorite NFL player is a guy who, uh, you know, passed away, I want to say 99, 2000, no, earlier than that, 97, 98, I should know that, and, you know, you know, last carried the football in the early 90s.
1: Yeah, I mean, and did you see his dad? His dad tweeted at you, too. Um, he grew up in Chicago, so I think Grant's kind of got those roots a little bit. But, man, he, uh, he certainly – you know, we saw that on Friday night, and he, he, he looked the part on Friday night, too, of a great running back there, uh, scoring five touchdowns against Wilson. So Yeah, I don't get tweets. I
0: block everybody. No idea. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I think it's uh, we got to move up a little bit, and uh, we got to talk a little about Strasburg because that's where uh, East Rockingham is going. East Rockingham, uh, no surprise. Uh, took care of business against Stonewall Jackson last week, shutting out the the Generals forty-two to nothing and ending their one-game winning streak after losing forty-one straight. Uh, you know, I don't. You know, I mean that's that's a tough game for Donnie Coleman and the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I think we'll see. You know, we kind of felt like you know they weren't quite where we thought they'd be after that loss to Clark a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago, and then you know last week they come back out and they they have a strong showing against a Stonewall-Jackson team that, you know, is struggling a little bit. But then, you know, now I think what's going to be interesting to see – what's what's that improvement from where they were against Clark to where they are now two weeks later? Um, this is a team that I think Donnie kind of expects to grow up as the year goes along. Um, so this is a good Strasburg team. Um, and I think, you know, this will tell us a little bit more, too, about the pecking order and the bull run a little bit because um, you've kind of got Clark and LeRae, they're playing this week, and those are kind of the top two dogs right now. And then you've got Paige and Strasburg and Eastrock and all them right there in the middle. So, um interesting game to kind of tell us a little bit about where both of these teams are here early in the year
0: and i think what this game is going to do a little bit it's i think it's going to provide some clarity to the bull run district race because you know right now it kind of seems to be uh even though they they had a a pretty tough loss against a very very good and slowly will gaining a lot of people's respect uh stewart's draft team uh and clark county seem to be like the top two would page kind of nipping at nipping at the heels a little bit page is a pretty well put together football team and i think the question mark has been you know where does strasburg and uh east rock fall into this mix and i think this game friday is well i mean i don't think i know it's going to give some clarity as to that right
1: yeah i I agree completely i mean i think you know after this game, we're either talking about Eastrock. Rock, then if, if they can beat Strasburg, then you got to give them a chance to beat Page. And then, um, you know, then you certainly – they're right there in that kind of second tier. Um, I think Clark and Larray are kind of in their class of their own right now, that, that district. Um, but, you know, if Strasburg then beats East Rock, then I think it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the year about there being kind of four teams that were in the top four, and those were the main four, um, with it being Clark, Leray, Strasburg, and Page County. So, um you know, yeah, I think we're going to find out a lot, and I, I, I'm just interested to see, like I said, how much this team's improved from two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to where they are now. Because this is certainly going to be their biggest test in a
0: while. Let's jump south real quick, and we'll we'll hop back into city county here. But just because we talked about, it, how about those Cougars? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's that's a team that we we to be to be fair. Now, to be fair, everybody, Cody has been kind of not 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 tooting the the Stewart's Draft horn, so to speak, but he has been talking about this team not to sleep on them and you've been doing that since the preseason
1: yeah but i I can even say i did not expect that last friday i mean you know i i thought this team was a team that had the talent they're they're young and that's what makes them so intriguing is a lot of their guys that are making their big plays are sophomores and juniors um, but they're a team that I thought had the potential to kind of make a push and maybe, you know, give Riverheads a little bit of a run, um, at least compete with Fort for maybe that second spot in the Shenandoah and then make some noise in Region 2B. Um, but, man, I mean, they came out last week. And now, you know, granted, LeRae did not have their, their head coach. Nolan Jeffries was out. Um, he was sick that night. Now, that I don't think that would have changed the result of the game. Um, clearly, a 30-point win um, certainly justifies that. But, you know, just to come out, the run game has been dominating all year the defense has been strong and then all of a sudden last week their quarterback henry cook there's five touchdown passes um show off a whole different dynamic of that offense and i mean right now they're clicking on all cylinders it's hard not to say um that they that they can compete with riverheads in that Shenandoah right now based off their resume when you look at what they've accomplished this year um on paper you know they, they look as impressive
0: as anybody Tightest helmets in the Shenandoah Valley. There, I said
1: it. I agree. They're they're, they're pretty sweet. I, I
0: I do love Stewart's draft helmets. Let's jump back in city county, uh, Harrisonburg, who uh, you know got pretty uh, handled by uh, an experienced uh, Sharando team. Fifty-two to seven, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. was the final score Friday. Get a little bit of reprieve as they enter Valley District play. They head down to Waynesboro to take on a struggling Little Giants program.
1: Yeah, this is probably needed after that. It was kind of funny that, you know, you read my story after that game. Chris Thurman was kind of like, look, man, I told you that they were yeah. really, really good. Um, he And he did. He talked to me last week about how that the, the Blue Streaks were ready to kind of get into district play and play some opponents that were a little bit more um, closer to their competition level. Um, they have had a pretty tough non-district slate. So, um, you know, it's it's it was tough to take anything really away from that game against Strando because that Strando team was really really good um, and they they were better than Harrisburg in pretty much every phase of the game. Um, but I think this is a great opportunity for them to bounce back, um, get back some of that confidence they had just you know a week before after getting back to
0: back wins. And um, you know I don't see any reason why they don't go into Friday as the favorite. Still disappointed. You have not learned the proper pronunciation <laughs> of Keenan Glago Smith's last name. Yeah, I have not. All right, we'll just keep going with Smith then, and we'll <laughs> rely on, on his first name, getting him recognized. Uh, I mean, he had a rough game, but, I mean, he's a sophomore that's a very good charando defense, and when you fall behind like that, you kind of – even no matter what year you are, if you're the starting quarterback, you're forced to make throws. And when you're forced to make throws, bad things happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of that, too, was he, the protection. I mean, Sarando was much bigger than Harrisonburg on both sides of the ball. They were dominating in the trenches on both sides. Um, there was a throw at the end of the first half that he tossed up that was just kind of a Hail Mary to try and get some points, and it ended up getting picked off. So that's one of those things where the stat line doesn't always say the full story, but um, definitely probably not his strongest performance. Um, of the three starts, I was probably his worst. But um, I think it's something that he could probably learn from. And I, and I would. this is the type of game against a Waynesboro team that's struggling. Again, no offense to the Little Giants, but this is the type of game where I could see him, um, you know, really maybe having a coming-out party a little bit and, and having a big night in the, on Friday.
0: Should be interesting. Uh, let's uh, talk about a pretty, uh, pretty important uh, Valley District game. And I might be underselling it when I say pretty important because it, it's very important. Uh, that's Spotswood, the number one ranked team, and I will assume they're staying there. Uh, In the Shen Valley 7, Spotswood going down to uh, Lexington to take on a Rockbridge County team that I believe was four in the Shen Valley 7 coming in to this year, this Uh, week? I think five, maybe. Five, and uh, I will assume that they're either staying there or they're moving up. I don't think they're moving down. uh, it will be somewhere right around there this week, I think. Yeah, I could be wrong. I only have one vote, and there's nine others who vote. Uh, This is a pretty big game for for both these teams. This is... uh, I mean, this – I don't want to sit here and tell you that that, that the Harrisburg game isn't going to decide the, the Valley District uh, Championship when Spotswood uh, goes over to the friendly city and faces the Blue Streaks. But, I mean, this one kind of might too.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, th- this year I think it's a little different story than past years where usually it's always been that Harrisonburg-Spotswood game. Um, you know – it's 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 almost somewhat disappointing this game isn't it, later in the year because i think these are arguably the two best teams in the district um you know just when you look at is the it fo-
0: arguably no i mean well
1: no not arguably i think i think they are i think you could maybe you could maybe say turner ashby's in that discussion but i think when you just look at Still, at this early point of the year, I think you put Rockbridge and Spotswood kind of in their own category, and I think um, you know Friday night we'll find out you know wh- where they stand because uh, Spotswood hasn't really been tested this year. They they you know they beat East Rock in that first game without Ryan high, um, but then since then they've just been rolling through four four straight opponents. So just
0: putting up points and putting up points and putting up points. Goodness gracious! And
1: it'll be interesting to see what that defense does now because they faced some you know. Okay, offenses, but they, I mean this Rockbridge County offense is a, is a different animal. Um, with with Miller J at quarterback, um, he leads the valley in passing yards and touchdowns. Um, they've got you know six or seven different guys. That's the one difference about them and a lot of these teams around the area that still pass the ball a lot is they have six or seven guys that can make plays for them in the passing game. Um, they got Jolly Lynch at the receiver spot. He's probably the best receiver in the area. Um, and then they've got a, a decent run game, which has been different than past years. They haven't usually had a very good run game. Um, they've usually only averaged 50 or 60 yards a game. This year they're averaging about 150. Um, that's enough to make a difference for that offense. And, you know, if, if Rockbridge can, I say, get a turnover or two early, um, you know, they're not going to get a ton of stops defensively. They're not. That's not they, where they're strong at. But if they can get a turnover or two and, and kind of get a one or two touchdown lead, it's going to be hard. For for Spotswood, because Rockbridge, you know, their offense is just that dangerous.
0: You're going to get it at some point, this is going to turn into a trading points game if Spotswood's defense, you know, can't, you know, get a couple stops early uh, or, or, or pick or or, or fumble. Uh, and then you're getting to a game of trading points, and, and that's not what you want
1: with Rockbridge. No, County.
0: that's not what you want.
1: And I will say though last year, you know, Rockbridge not quite as as good of an offense, but still really good. Probably the best offense in the Valley District last year. They came down two spots with last year, and and that defense that was kind of the coming out game for them. Um, they really just handled them from start to finish, and and really, I, I forget what the final score was, but they beat them pretty good.
0: Yeah, Spotswood um, took care of business. last yeah, year. Yeah, so
1: though. so they've they've seen it and they know what, it, what what's coming and this is a very experienced veteran group i'm not i'd certainly have my confidence in them. i'm mean, just i'm just interested to see you know with it being their first real test how they respond
0: yeah i, I think that's the key here is that you know rockbridge has had a couple tests uh spotswood hasn't yeah no spotswood spots hasn't and um
1: like i said but th- this is a veteran experienced group and that's what i think is going to Benefit them on Friday night, and why they have to go into this as the favor is because, you know, those guys know what they're doing. They've seen this before. Um, They play with with just this silent confidence about them. They just kind of go out there, they take care of business, and then. Um, They move on to the next opponent, and uh, they've had a bye week too. Both teams have actually had bye weeks to prepare. So I think it's going to be a great matchup down there
0: in Lexington. They'll be ready for each other for sure. Well, uh, I told you it'd be a short one. Uh, That's all our games, and uh, I'm sure you'll have to see our ugly mugs on the the webcast (laughs) coming later this week. But, Cody, thanks for joining us on the Rocktown Sports Pod. As always, follow him on Twitter, yada, yada. Cody, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks,
1: man.